This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup, just like a front three of Reese Keane and Frockyar, right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. morning the episodes are coming thick and fast aren't they and we're both fresh from a respectable effort at last night's quiz did all right didn't we are our two teams but some teams just what was it 83 a winning score last night 88 because i marked well, the paper for them well are you meant to really you can't compete with that can you but we were in the early 70s our teams we were um, it's just a remarkable standard of quizzing from those teams towards the higher echelons of the table. The creme de la creme of local quizzing. Kudos to them because the knowledge is just exemplary, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, um, I was quite happy with my score. There was only two of us there last night. So to get um, to get within touching distance was um, was quite pleasing. But um, But yeah, I mean... Crikey, trying to compete with teams like the dark side on a weekly basis can be uh, can be quite difficult. Team of four, oldish blokes, you would say. Now, I've noticed there's one team member that used to be there that hasn't been for the last few weeks and there's someone else replaced him. So I'm wondering if there's a, like a waiting list to join the dark side or something. But there are... Uh... Of quizzing <laughs> Jedi's who come in and just absolutely hack up. Um, so they have been on eggheads before. And the um, you're joking? No, oh, yeah, they made a pretty decent fist of it. Now I'm pretty sure they got beat, but I reckon they took the eggheads to sudden death. I think. Wow. Uh, but yeah, these boys can play. Mm. Uh, they're pretty decent quizzes, and they just tend to mop up on a weekly basis at the Finney Quiz. Can you yeah. to them? Did you get all twenty-five American states? Because they changed the picture around, didn't they? Yes. Anagrams. Now Rhode Island eluded us until midway through the quiz, and somebody got it. It was a real relief because you never want to drop points on anything like that, do you? No, I was a little bit overawed when I originally got the paper. Yeah, uh, because 25 states is quite a lot of states, especially when you're sort of caught on the hop. But yeah, we did eventually get all 25. 
I suppose yeah, it helps good. when they're out in front of you, doesn't it? You just need to sort of unjumble the letters. Not necessarily knowledge, that is it. Not necessarily knowledge. It's more streetwise. Yeah, good point. Preston North End, midweek trip to Leicester. Lot to unpick, but we'll start with the major talking point. Your fish supper, how was it? It was actually quite good. And there was a moment where it was in doubt, actually, because the driver of the car that I was in, Roshan, who was driving, um, he got it horribly wrong on the M6. Um, he didn't take the turn off at Stoke, uh, which means that we ploughed on. But every cloud, we managed to go on the M6 toll, which is always a great occasion for all concerned. We didn't have time to stop at Norton Keynes, which, which was a slight issue. But yeah, to go on that M6 toll road was an absolute pleasure. We drove past the infamous Shugler site. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, um, which is always an absolute joy, no matter when you're driving south or north on the M6, to see that Shugra sign, it can give you that extra spring in your step, <laughs> I always find. Um, so really, it was a blessing in disguise to miss the Stoke turn-off and keep ploughing on, you know, to see the Shugra sign, to go on the M6 toll. We got to see the Norton Kane sign, albeit we didn't get to stop there, but we got to see the Norton Kane sign. Uh, but yeah, going back onto the old fish bar, yeah, it was good. Um, I just got the standard um, fish chips. I didn't get mushy peas because it get all quite messy um, in a car, but we didn't actually eat in the car, so that was a little bit of a, of a regret. And then I got a jumbo sausage chaser. But there was an issue. Uh, there was a, a lack of understanding between me and the person working behind the counter because I made a gag about how I'd like a balm cake. And she looks at me blankly. Or a cob, as they say down here. But she didn't understand a single word I said. So she looked at me like I had about 18 heads. And I was just like, yeah, please can I have a cob as well? You know, the humour was completely lost on this person. Oh, no. uh, and then there was also a language barrier with a bloke who worked there. Uh, he was asking whether we were going on the game tonight. And we were saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he kept going, oh, Leicester win, Leicester will win. And we were like, well, we're Preston fans, mate. But yeah, Leicester will probably win. And he kept reaffirming the point that, <laughs> that Leicester were going to win. And at one point, I was close to hopping over the counter. And sticking his head straight into the deep fat fryer, along with the <laughs> carp haddock and other bits and bats. But yeah, the actual food was pretty good. They got that real nice, what's the word I'm looking for here? The consistency of the batter was perfect. Well, that's um, always a challenge. To be fair, I'm not really one of those who who really like has an issue with it's overly battered. But this mm. was absolutely perfect. Kudos yep. to him. It was it was an absolute exhibition in how to batter a fish, uh, and they got it spot on. I best name check them. It was the Estray Chippy. I usually prefer the name to have Fish Bar written in there, but it was very very good in fairness. No rissoles on the menu. No, you only get them typically in the south of Wales. Rissoles and haggots and all that. I what? actually, hey, listen to this. What? Twitter hid one of my tweets. Really? Uh, I think I might have been replying to your mum. I included the word faggot in there, um, and I got an email off Twitter to say that it breaks their rules, essentially. And it said, if you've got any issue with this, then please appeal in the box below. 
haggart. And I just put the definition of what a haggart is. Anyway, it's still hidden. I've taken absolutely no notice whatsoever of my explanation. It can be a hateful place, can't it, at times? So I guess they're just trying to... Yeah, I have no issue with it. But once I've, you know, once I've just explained the situation here, you'd like to think that they might unblock that particular tweet. Hope nobody took offence to it. Hellfire. Maybe they should have an algorithm they could have put in that explains you talking about fish and stuff and left it up, but one of them. I completely agree. Any website worth its salt would surely be able to, you know, differentiate between the hateful use of the term and the lovely food stuff that's served in chip chops in the South Fish Wales. bars. Yeah. Fish bar. Fish bar. Our first trip to the King Power, wasn't it? It's, uh, I was impressed. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's a big round place, isn't it? But it's not got that feel of Derby, I didn't think, or Middlesbrough. I thought it was a bit more intense than that. I uh, Yeah, I thought it was impressive. Gillen Balagay was in the press room. Can you believe it? Incredible. But walked in. He sat there. Um, and Why? I just thought, yeah, that was my thought. What are you doing here? He'd been interviewing Jude Bellingham the night before for uh, yeah. TNT or whatever. And then he sat there decent, drinking yeah. a brew. It's a decent yardstick for the sort of standard that we're up against here, isn't it? Yes. Gilead Balagay. I don't think he was working whatsoever. Acting. I think he was just there. What, he just, what, does he just waltz into Leicester's press room as and when yeah. he fancy? Yeah, yeah he's shaking he's hands with there. their manager after it. He's a big player, isn't he? Gillen. Yeah, this guy can play. So, yeah. Yeah. It was an intriguing start. Yeah, the stadium was decent enough. You wouldn't necessarily describe it as a bowl like Wembley or, as you alluded to, like a derby, like those concrete, soulless places. Yeah, it was decent. When you uh, when you started to make noise in the away end, like, have you won the double? Have you fuck? You know, it was really loud. You could really hear it reverberating around the King Power. So it's conducive to noise, which is always good. Yeah. Um, I must admit, I was a little bit dazzled at times. It was hard to know what was going on up the other end of the pitch. I don't know if anyone else was also in the same boat as I. Maybe it's because I wear glasses, but it was tough to know exactly in detail what was going on at the top end of the pitch. The BBC commentator said that because he was like crouched head forward, but he also wears glasses, so it might be a a spectacle issue. Maybe next time I go to Leicester, which could be a long, long time, by the way, I might have to wear contact lenses. I might have to get some of them sorted out. Potentially. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a nice ground. One to tick off. Um, Good to do so because my brother had bragging rights on Leicester. He went went the year he went down. Yeah. Uh, He's also got Fratton Park. That's the only ground he's got on me. Fratton Park, Portsmouth. Again, the year we went down. Mm. I think you went in the FA Cup. But yeah, quite a nice ground. Leicester had a lot on, but they didn't necessarily make a great deal of noise, did they? They didn't, did they? And they had that weird sort of pocket in the corner where they were doing like weird stuff like Icelandic clapping and nice flags around there. Oh. Yeah, there wasn't necessarily like a, a bouncing atmosphere, was there? It's always tough no. when you've got like a large away end as well. You know, it's hard to get it going. Because you've got groups of people chanting all random stuff, so it's quite tough to do. But you know, that's just, I suppose, it's where we are as a club, really. We haven't had the opportunity to travel in numbers all that often, so it's quite tough to do. Whereas Man United, as an example, are a, an outstanding exponent of the larger way end and making noise. 
Yeah. But yeah, the ground was pretty decent all in all. It was a nice place to visit. Can you even yeah, call it a reality check when you've just been beaten by a side like bloody Leicester yeah. with Winks and, and Didi and Vardy and all that? Yeah, Winks was playing in a, in a Champions League final not long ago. Now he's rocking up and playing as Preston North End on a Wednesday night in the Championship. I thought that exact thing. I remember Winks playing unbelievably well against Real Madrid in a Champions League night. It must have been four years ago, four or five years ago. And here he is. Yeah. It's not... It's not a reality check. It's just being realistic. We've lost to a team whose some of their parts are a lot greater than ours. Obviously, you're going to lose more often than not against that sort of team. And North End were actually great for an hour. I was really, Especially really content watching it. Yeah, likewise. Leicester didn't really make anything. If anything, I was a little bit annoyed at the chances we had. Like yeah. this, this wasn't how I wanted it to go. I wanted us to be camped in in the trenches, but we weren't. We actually had opportunities at goal. I mean, what's Dwayne Holmes doing? You've got to score there, Dwayne, on the brink of half time. It's cliche, but what a great time to score it would have been. And would then we have could been. have got, we could have gotten that um, that half that we craved, wave after wave of Leicester attack and us standing firm. <laughs> um, but it never really happened. Um, who knows what would have happened had Dwayne scored? It was a, it was one of them. Again, I didn't necessarily know the sort of angles or the whereabouts really because of the uh, because of the glasses issue that we alluded to earlier. But it just appeared an absolute golden opportunity. You could watch the replay on the big screen, and you just thought you allowed your mind to wonder: Will we get a, a chance as um, as good as that over the course of the contest? And as it happened, no. Leicester, yeah. once they get ahead, they were never, ever going to surrender that lead. Not least because we didn't necessarily try to uh, to overcome it. It was uh, a damage limitation exercise. Alex Neal got um, horrendous stick for, uh, for mentioning that occasionally you just got to <laughs> limit the damages. But this was, um, this was that in action. Once the opening goal went in, it was... A walk in the park, really, for Leicester. More like a training contest. But no, we can take we can take a lot of solace in the fact that we were great for an hour. We really were. And the game plan was absolutely spot on until you can see the sloppy goal. And then the second goal, that just appeared like it was happening in slow motion. You know, it's almost like they were giving us a chance to sort of try and stop them, but never getting remotely near. And then it was in. So, yeah. Third goal is a bit of absolute brilliance in the middle of the park. Great sprayed ball. And once you've got attackers in areas that dangerous, it tends to end up in the back of the net. So, all in all, we just played against a much better team who will no doubt get 100 points this season. Good summary. Ian Acho coming off the bench is, is just a little bit of a piss take, I thought. You know, we're off power. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Why is he not starting? If he's starting for Premier League side, surely. I suppose you've got Jamie Vardy up front. You don't necessarily need to have him starting. Uh, did nothing though, did he? Vardy. We've kept Vardy completely out of the game and still lost 3-0. But that midfielder mentioned is just a joke, in it? And then Ricardo Pereira just stood there at right back. Some side that. Is that the strongest team you've ever seen in the Championship? Certainly one of, isn't it? It's probably the, yeah. Incredible. Uh, yeah, it's remarkable. They only really lost. Well, they lost Tielemans as well, didn't they? But Madison and Barnes. Oh, yeah. One hell of a side, that. It's not even a decade on since they won the Premier League, since they played in the Champions League against the likes of... Atletico. It's just not that long ago. Peter Risdale often talks about it, doesn't it? But 
it really is difficult to compete with these clubs. Like, how on earth are you meant to usurp these clubs in a league table over the course of 46 games? You're starting off at a ridiculous handicap. Well, three um, three out of 24 teams is not many anyway, but that's that's one gone, isn't it? Leicester are just going to go yeah, up. Yeah. It's extremely tough. You know, you'd expect Southampton and Leeds to get extremely strong as it goes on as well. But, I, yeah, I agree. I was pleased Ryan Lowe didn't just... Let's just go three five two. Let's just sit in our shape and hope for the best. It, there was a there was a plan you could see out there, weren't there? You know, so Potts and Miller had... down the right, Brady and Cunningham yeah. down the left, Holmes are the advanced striker Fort working Miller. very hard. Yeah, Miller yeah. was good. Yeah, he was. He, um, there were green shoots of how he may be able to play sort of higher up in the pyramid. But yeah, we had moments in the game where we had the ball in their half and like there were two on ones and stuff like that. Um, yeah, opportunities arising. Uh, Potsy was um, in some wonderful crossing positions, wasn't he? And yeah, you're just thinking, yeah. if one of those drops, it's just maybe a different game. Yeah, we won the ball high up the pitch a few times. It was great to have Whiteman back in there. Oh, it just it had was that, wonderful. It just had that feel of, of just a calmness about it all. You know, when he got the ball, it wasn't just a case of trying to go long. It was more. It wasn't a bomb. calculated than that. You know, he was able to try to pick a pass. It was obviously a night for Brown. Brown is... Oh, we could have done with Brown. A great presser. A great presser. Yeah. All legs, energy in that midfield. We liked him. Uh, and obviously, we liked Story as well. So that wasn't ideal before even going into the game. I was extremely yeah, worried, actually, when the teams came out. It looked... Uh, yeah, you were pretty alarmed, but... I don't think any of the three <laughs> lads came in. You know, Whiteman was good, and I don't think what more or Cunningham had too bad of a night. No, they were perfectly fine, I thought. Yeah, I was like you when the teams come out. Although you can be like at your best and you read their team and you're worried instantly because you just you've just got to think what the hell is going on here? How have they possibly been relegated from the? Am Premier I in League? the right place? Why are they in the second tier when you've got like random nonsense like Luton and Burnley in there? Come on now, I appreciate they weren't competing against those teams to stay up last season but it yeah. is a little bit bizarre I've no doubt in my mind they'll win the league oh um, they will they'll, they'll, they'll get 100 points yeah. easy yeah without doubt and they'll do it an absolute canter they won't even come off the bridling horse racing terms no yeah Whiteman was good I thought McCann was good until his error I, th- I think what was pleasing was we didn't look overawed by Leicester we didn't by the occasion. Yeah, I thought they handled it all right. It was just that what... To be fair, McCann, if you watch the first goal back, he's trying to intercept it because the ball is going through to Dewsbury Hall anyway. He's extremely yeah. unlucky there, really. Lindsay just can't turn quick enough. Cunningham can't get across. and It's not an easy finish, is it, that first goal? But he makes it look it. Good finish. A plomb. A he just plomb tucks it in, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a fabulous finish. And then he's serenaded by the Leicester. It's a good chance. I like yeah, it. Right. I can't take it. It's um, you've got quite yeah. high standards for chance, though, haven't you? Really, you what, what's your one of your favorite chants then? One of my favorite chants, yeah. Are you a chanter at a game or not? It depends if I get overcome with emotion, I quite yeah. like that. What's my favorite chant? Christ, you put me on the spot there. It's all right, you can think about it while we carry on. I quite like the Mavidi one, but obviously, you couldn't sing that. No, he did nothing, did he? Yeah. He kept quiet, Steffi. He saw a lot of space, didn't he? Yeah, but he looked he like we were happy to let him have it. Yeah, without doubt, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was part of the plan. They didn't do great. I think when you see Miller, I don't know if he's a wing-back. I think we could get more out of him playing in a front three, so or a four, like we did on Wednesday. So that might be something to consider. Without Would doubt, you agree? he's strength at the top end of the pitch. Mm. 100% running at people, 
trying to be direct, getting shots off. Um, yeah. He's no defender. No defender at all. No. In my view. Hughes missed out with a calf issue. That'd be a bit of a pain, wouldn't it, if he's out? Because he said before the season he's had a shoulder issue last year, which he's played through, and he's feeling good this season. And then another niggle already. Not ideal for Andy, is it? You you want him in the team playing 40 games, really? Of course, yeah. It's becoming a little bit of an issue, isn't it? We're just not getting any time out of him whatsoever, really. He played, and then when he's back, he's... Uh... Yeah, he's just not really able to keep keep the body in check. How old is he now? I want to say 30. Might be horribly off, but I, I would reckon 30. Yeah. So you probably so, get into that point where when Cunningham inevitably moves on, Hunter Hughes maybe becomes your, your backup or rotation and we need to sign another one. Yeah, it's a shame because he's been quality, really. Last couple of years, he's been one of the highlights of what's been quite a drab era. Yeah. 31. 31. So it's no spring chicken, is he? No. So maybe the fact he's been one of the standouts emphasizes how drab it has been because he's not a particularly entertaining individual, is he, Hughes? But yeah, he's done a good job, hasn't he? Last few years. Imagine growing up as a kid and you're like, who did you like watching when you were when you were first getting on the football? Yeah, Andrew Hughes. I absolutely adored watching Andrew Hughes. Yeah. It's mental that Andrew Hughes hasn't played more for Wales, by the way. It's a disgrace. Has he played for Wales? No, I don't think he has. That it's is re- staggering, isn't it? You know, you see some of the names getting in that squad. Oh, you know, Chris Gunter will be Wales. playing until he's in a grave. <laughs> he will, 100%. Yeah, it's an absolute travesty. But yeah, when you start to get injuries at regular intervals, when you're sort of towards that age, it can be difficult to, uh, to get your body back. 100% right. You just hope for nothing like long-term because once you get a long-term injury at that age, you're, uh, you've done your dough. Mm. I'll admit I was very surprised to see no more any ready to come on the pitch at 1-0 with Key and Best and Ben Woodburn as well. To be fair, I could see a bit of sense in Woodburn and Best because Brady was goosed and Woodburn can get in faces, can't he? But you know, Moeni really took me by surprise because he's not been in any squads. Um, and then Matt is left on the bench and that was a big talking point. Post match, wasn't it? Five subs made, but you're 1.2 million summer signing, not involved. What do you reckon? Yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, I asked. About it. yeah, he said, Moeni, we wanted a bit more energy. Moeni's been doing well in training. He mentioned Woodburn training well. So make of that what you will. But it was almost like maybe, maybe Mass hasn't been training well or not. But yeah. that's what yeah, I took were... away from it. Might be wrong, but really weird subs. Because like you're already at a disadvantage against Leicester anyway, and before you weaken the the eleven like that, and that's no disrespect to them, like two young lads coming off the bench, but you have weakened the team, um, especially when you've just brought in a guy for more than one million pounds and he's still on the bench. It's um, it was utterly bizarre to be honest. It was a little bit of a it's a little bit of the towel going in from Ryan Lowe really, and it was only at one nil. Yeah, that's no, the thing. If it was 2-0, I, I wouldn't have many yeah. complaints because the game is pretty much done there. But at 1-0, yeah. you've, you've played okay on the night. You're still in the match. And obviously, they score while they, before they've come on. So then they do eventually get on at 2-0. But yeah, it's the fact they were ready. Yeah, it was um, It was just a case of damage limitation, wasn't it? Like we spoke about earlier on. Uh, he had no real regard to try and get anything out of the game at 1-0 uh, or 2-0, which is a bit of a shame. But again, I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? You could easily go on and get absolutely spanked like, if you if you try and um, open up. So it's a difficult one. I can appreciate that it's a tough one for him. 
but ultimately we still got on to get beat 3-0 anyway. So you, you'd hope that we'd try our best to go on and, yeah. and level it, especially at 1-0. But yeah, they were, they were odd subs. And it's obviously more on at the fact that Mass hasn't come onto the field. Like We've spoken a lot about how we look to have more strength in depth, but bringing on like Noah Mwenny at, away at Leicester doesn't necessarily fit into that sort of mantra. And I think he could become a decent player in time, Mwenny, but crikey, like first year pro and not even been in the squad, so it was just, yeah, I just found the whole thing very strange. So we'll have to see what happens with Frockyar, but he's shown what he can do already, hasn't he? Not make someone against Swansea and provided an assist, and he might not be a relentless presser that some of the other lads are, but he's got quality, hasn't he? So, yeah, it's a bit strange. He only came out of the team because... Um, because Stoke, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Holmes took his opportunity, and, and he's not really been able to get in the team since, but, yeah, there must be something rotten in the state of Denmark there as Shakespeare once wrote about Mass Frockyor Jensen. Yeah, good quote to bring in, isn't it? That? There's a column there for you, I think. Ryan Lowe does strike you as the kind of manager who wants to send out messages to his players and stuff, doesn't he? You can imagine him thinking, right, you've not been doing quite what I like, so let's fire you up. Hope it works. It would rub me up the wrong way, personally. You know, it might, um, it could be just a tonic for a young lad who's coming over to the UK for the first time to live here and First yeah. club in the UK. It was just a tonic to see a, a youngster come on ahead of him. Traffic was a nightmare for fans, wasn't it, post-match? But you've negotiated this perfectly. You were, you were really surprised to see people getting home at 2am because what were they doing? Just send some well, advice to everyone, will you? <laughs> rocket sciences, is it? I don't know how people become embroiled in these issues at all. You've just got to be wise in where you park. You know, if it means you park a 10-minute walk outside of the ground, so be it. You can get away nicely. Um, and, yeah, we didn't we didn't have any issues whatsoever. We just went through Stoke and straight home, really. I was back for half 12. Unlucky to those who... Um, you only got back late, but you've got to be you've got to be more savvy than this. This is naive parking from some. Got to park in pretty decent areas. Do more research, guys. Come on now. And then yesterday, trying to shake off a defeat, thinking England start the World Cup campaign with a win, and they produced that. That was an absolute embarrassment, wasn't it? It was an absolute shellacking of immense proportion. It um, was. <laughs> They got absolutely battered, didn't they? they got absolutely thumped by a team nowhere near full strength in New Zealand. Uh, and yeah, you wake up and you think, right, North End just got beat last night. But you know, you've always got the well. Nowadays, you never used to, but you know, you got the warm embrace of the England ODI team to fall back on, and they were just never at the races, really. You know, they sort of limped to a score of two hundred and eighty which was never, ever going to be enough. I know they tried to talk it up at the half-time interval. You know, Ian Smith, ever the New Zealand pessimist, was saying, you know, that'll take some getting. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that's true. Tournament cricket, low scores, sometimes the best games piss off. It's, non- it's nonsensical. They got them in 30-odd overs. An absolute cancer. Yeah. You know, uh, I watched every ball. Every ball of the New Zealand innings, more or less, went to the fence. You know, I... <laughs> it did. It did. Oh. It? Literally every ball went for four. I can't imagine a ball that didn't. Which is mental. Yeah. Devin Conway was uh, was an absolute joy to watch, but the most impressive was this Ratchin Ravindra, who I've not really watched a great deal of. Yeah, my word. Kane Williamson, you just you just stay there. 
because I've yeah. got this. Why on earth would you want Kane Williamson when you've got Ratchin Ravindra? You know, Mark Wood's absolutely charging in 95 mile an hour, no problem. Rocking back, bang, going like an absolute <laughs> exocet missile to the fence. Keep them coming, Mark. Keep <laughs> serving them up. This is not Mark. Yeah. This guy's bowling nearly 100 mile an hour. Ratchin Ravindra's <laughs> got all the time in the world. Offside, leg side, straight down the ground, no problem. Keep serving them up, they're going. Like yeah. 11 and over, Mark Wood. You've never seen the like. <laughs> Chris Wokes is getting smashed around the gaff. Yeah, it was a chastening day out in Ahmedabad. England's record of that new ground in Ahmedabad is appalling. It wouldn't... Biggest sh- one in the world, sh- is it that? Yeah, 110,000. Mm. You know, if I was Matthew Mott, the current England white ball coach, I'd be, uh, I'd be looking to... Um, burn the place down in some sort of arson attack on the on Medabad ground because our record there is absolutely abysmal. I wonder if look the planning will burn, burning the place down. Yeah, I mean, it's something to uh, something to look at. If you sort of... England have got a chance to get back into the tournament, obviously, because it's a long, drawn-out process. But if they don't, you know, you might have to bring that ground to the ground because yeah. that's where the final is. Named after oh, the Indian Prime Minister. Why is a cricket ground named after a Prime Minister? You could never imagine, like, the Lord's current one or an old one. Being named. The current Prime Minister. It's staggering. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't imagine, like, the Liz the Truss ground, could you? Or Rishi Sunak or Jim <laughs> Callaghan, could you? Absolutely mental. Long way to go in there in that, in there in that tournament, but you'd have wanted a better start than that. Sheesh. Yeah, they need to bounce back in Dharmasala against Bangladesh yeah. on Tuesday. Because if they don't, they may as well come home. As Bob Willis once said, send them all home, economy, economy class, even strap some of them to the wings. That's, <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> During a, um, I think it was the Ashes down under in 2017-18. He also went on to say, he also went on to say, there goes Chris Wokes back to Edge Baston for the rest of his career. And he's actually <laughs> had one of the great international careers. So um, I love Bob Willis. He was a Not great, Bob's finest great. quote, that is it. But oh, no, it's super. Not. Yeah. So, yeah, England bouncing back in where? Dharma Charlotte. Dharma Charlotte. Yeah, Dharma Charlotte. Dharma Charlotte. Yeah. And Preston are going to bounce back at Portman Road, aren't they? I can't imagine any other outcome than a two or. <laughs> 3-0 win. I think we'll absolutely these, spank them. These boys are going to get brought down a peg or two, aren't they? You know, they've come yeah. up from League One. They think they're going to absolutely run away with it. They'll notice that we've shipped seven goals in our last two outings without reply. But we are going to absolutely stick it right up them. <laughs> Ed Sheeran tears, please, on Saturday. He's going to be there. Let's spoil the party for him. How Tim Pot was that nonsense that cropped up on Twitter with the Ipswich squad singing with Ed Sheeran in the in the dressing room? It was pathetic. It have almost, you know, it's almost like they've been already promoted. We're in early October. Come on now, you've done nothing yet. You've got no right to be singing. I don't know. What was it, Lego House or something that they were blaring out? <laughs> it was per- perfect, yeah. I think. Was it Dive, yeah. one of them? Hopefully it's us who's serenading Ed Sheeran at the weekend. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I need to prep a lot of Ed Sheeran references for uh, our inevitable yeah. 
convincing win. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right up. That's Nothing springs to mind yet, so I'll have to uh, have to get busy with that. So we've got a player from Galway, not any Irish contingency from Galway, but I'm sure you'll come up with something, won't you, George? Right. You've got to get this. Retro Ipswich Preston Clash on the 17th of October 2006. Um. Well, it was around the era that Dave Nugent just scored and scored and scored against Ipswich. Good start. Um, I don't remember the scoreline, though. I remember him arms aloft in front of the home fans, though, after scoring. Long sleeve, um, yellow shirt. Yeah, yeah. On a, on a seemingly glorious day in Ipswich. And it's meant to be glorious at the weekend. It's going to be 20-odd degrees, by the way. I've Make sure you wear your shorts. Yeah. Yeah, wear your shorts. Um. Yeah, it's meant to be a mini heat wave in October. Talk about global warming. Staggering, really. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have a guess at 2-0, and I fancy Nugent scored both. It was 3-2 to Preston, and we were 2-0 down. Brilliant. Good knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. Does that ring a bell for you? And I think it was quite harsh, that, because we won 4-0 there as well at a similar time. But obviously, you've not said 4-0, you've said 2-0, so you were miles off anyway. Yeah. We never, yeah, no, there wasn't a 2 0 there. So, yeah, disappointing from you that. I remember us winning there early on in the campaign a few years later, 2 1. I remember that. McKenna scored from 20 odd yards. Yes, yeah, I've got that here. I was away in, well, might I have been, I think it was Cos, I think I was in Cos, opening day of the season, I think, August. Uh, McKenna scored. But um, who scored in the 3 2? Obviously, Nugent. Did so Whaley score? Two... Yeah, he scored the winner. Whaley and, uh... also scored in 2008. Yes, he did. I nearly went for that one, so that would have been better for you. But um, I do back your knowledge on these ones from when you're five or six years old. You seem to remember them pretty well. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So Macken scored a penalty, traitor. Alan Lee's made it 2-0. Going in at half-time, 2-0 down at Portman Road really up against it. And we've come out and scored three goals in the space of 12 minutes. I bet it went off. Mark Noble playing for Ipswich that day. Yeah, it was Liam Chilvers. Chilvers, yeah. Chilvers. I think we are in yellow that day as well. We were definitely in yellow, I think. Yeah, no, it would, that wouldn't have been the one with Nugent raising his arms because he would have been grabbing the ball, running back to the centre circle, wouldn't he? 2-1. Yeah, probably, yeah, that was probably the 4-0 one. You would think we so. just got it all wrong. There'll be people listening to this podcast thinking, what on earth are they going on about yeah how is Spotify allowing this on the platform and why am I still listening to this nonsense <laughs> why do I keep coming back for more <laughs> yeah I had uh, I had people correcting us for our Jordan story Jordan Hugo <laughs> mishap the other week they never played together so well, Hugo's, to fair, got, Hugo's gone January 2018 Oh, you asked, didn't you, to be fair? Yeah, I mean, Christ, I, I was never claiming that they played together. They had a great afternoon one time in, you know, I don't know, Cardiff or somewhere. People need to anyway. keep their head. Just just calm down. This is a, this is just a bit of a, you know, low-key chat about North End. You know, we're not coming here with hard facts, are we? If you feel compelled to have to correct someone, then you need to just, you need to just calm down a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk as much nonsense as possible. So yeah, it's tough. On Saturday, <laughs> it wouldn't shock you, would it? So with this record at, at Ipswich, it wouldn't shock you if Nugent scored for us Saturday. Imagine like the home support if they heard over the tannoy replacing 
Number 28, Militan Osmaic. <laughs> Number 10, David Nugent. I imagine that would be quite a surprise to everybody, to be fair. It would, Nugent. but it would be quite a happy surprise, wouldn't it, if Nugent randomly came yeah. off the bench? He was there the other night, wasn't he, at Leicester? Yeah, he was. I think he still lives down there. It was, uh, yeah, they really like him, don't they? He was good for them. I think us and Leicester are his main two teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nugent. Some player. Some player. He was an absolute joy to watch. We never had it so good, as Harold McMillan once said. Mm. So, Ipswich doing very well, but are you going there with confidence? What's your plan for the day? Your mate's driving, you've already said. Yeah, driving, uh, going to Cambridge as a halfway house. And wow. Plowing on. What? Um, You're going to stop there on the day? Yeah, stop there. Breakfast, all that stuff. So, yeah, really looking forward to the day. I've been to Ipswich about 9,000 times. Have you? But, uh, yeah, I've been quite a few times. Probably four or five times. Yeah. Four times, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back. The last time we were there, was it when um, it was when Gallagher went in there? Chris Maxwell sent off. Was that the last time we were there? Or will we be corrected once again here? Hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely spot on. Would yeah, work. So, if you were... If you're you know, ready to pounce on him. Wanting to get me, wouldn't they? Thinking... Uh, that definitely wasn't the last time we were there, but it was, so I have a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, I was there that day, and then I went out to Sri Lanka, got stranded in Muscat on the way. That's why that game sticks in the mind vividly. You got um, stuck where? In Muscat, in Oman. Right. You don't know that tale. Yeah, I know, I know you went to Oman to get to Sri Lanka, was it? Yeah. But it's cut a long story short, I was late to the party to book on. So I had to change in Muscat, whereas the rest of the lads flew from London direct into Colombo. But my flight out of Manchester to to Muscat was delayed. I remember being on the flight and I being like, I've only got a couple of hours, like connection to Colombo, so I really need to make that flight. And there was a really nice flight attendant who just touched me on the shoulder and said, "Don't worry, they know about you and they're waiting for you." So I was like, "Oh, right, sound, no problem." Tucked up in this seat, couple of drinks, bit to eat, all that stuff. Really nice flight to Muscat. Land in Muscat, walk off the flight, read the um, read the TVs. Flight to Colombo, departed. Oh, as you can imagine, the sinking feeling. First time. Oh, your, your stomach has dropped. I happened God. to be in Muscat, you know, Mom. And I'm thinking, how on earth am I going to get to Sri Lanka now? But luckily, there was plenty of other people also travelling to various destinations, mostly going to Thailand to, to see their girlfriends, as they describe these seedy old men. Really? So anyway, we put, yeah, we put up in a hotel in Muscat, but I had a wonder. It was a really nice place, Muscat. Um, I felt a little bit like an outsider over there. There's not a great deal of, um, of Brits just roaming the streets in Muscat. Muscat. What, they um, put, the flight company put you in a hotel? Yeah, I presume so, yeah. There's quite a few of us. So right. they said, we'll put you up in the hotel and then uh, and then you can get on your way. Uh, I had to wait for something like 10 hours in Muscat. I had a tremendous lamb handy um, <laughs> at the hotel. It was um, good, was it? In the hotel. Nice food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite a nice, quite a nice hotel. Lamb handy, the highlight. Very uh, succulent. Um, but yeah. 
I didn't. I didn't last overly long roaming the streets of Muscat. I didn't want. Uh, I didn't want anything to happen to me. So I came back, got stuck into the BBC World Service, which I must have watched for seven hours non-stop. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then, got stuck into a lamb handy. And right. Obviously, no more issues going to Colombo from there on in. Yeah, wonderful monologue to finish on. Started with fishing, Leicester, and ended on lamb handies in Muscat. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. It's a pressing North End podcast, apparently. Yeah. Wow. Do you reckon anyone comes on here to listen about North End or or not? I think it's a, it's like an added bonus, the football chat they do get. I think they come to listen to you, to be fair. And I just That's orchestrate nonsense. it. That's just... nonsense. <laughs> That's not true. They come to listen to your lovely, soothing tone. Mm-hmm. And if they have to listen to my ridiculous nonsense in the um, in the meantime, then so be it for them. Have a wonderful Friday and uh, safe travels to Portman Road. How are you getting to Portman Road? Train? Train, yeah. Not looking forward to it at all. If there's no issues, I will be delighted. Please yeah, be just... careful as well. Blackburn and Blackpool are in London. They might look at you and think, you yeah. know, they're going to hit you on the head with your laptop or something like those <laughs> like, like a steel chair in WWE. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, it would be hilarious if the muckers, that ridiculous Twitter account, muckers, um, tweets a video, a clip of you being hit over the head with your own laptop at Euston station <laughs> absolutely ridiculous wouldn't it I'm glad you'd find that amusing well, I don't think it'd be quite funny <laughs> depends how far they went really wouldn't it yeah we don't want you to get hurt now do we but I suppose the perfect scenario there would be for them to hit you over the head with a laptop no harm done and then they buy you a new laptop <laughs> yeah that'd be the ideal scenario wouldn't it <laughs> Yeah, I'm ending this like, before it goes any further. Yeah, that's yeah. done. <laughs> Goodbye. See you later. It's the 90th minute and Peony are on the TV. You're watching with all your mates and the McNugget share boxes are open for all. Your pal's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Result. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com on the McDonald's app. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.